0: Today's topic is VBRIC. Our guest hosts today are Sebastian Lucer and Brad Haynes, who I'll let introduce themselves here in a second. I'm Brandon Probinski, filling the interim role as moderator today. And our hosts that we have are experts from Cisco, Patty Yen and Rob Morris, are with us, who will be giving an overview of Vbrick and, and all the good stuff that goes along with it. So from there, Sebastian, I'll let you introduce yourself, and then uh, Brad, feel free to do so as well.
2: Hi, I'm Sebastian. I'm a collaboration, uh, collaboration engineer in a German uh, IT company. My Twitter handle is S-Sleuser, S-L-E-U-S-E-R, and cool. I'm happy
3: to be here today. Cool.
0: Brad, do you want to give a quick overview?
3: Yeah, uh, Brandon, I'm actually a um, uh, Cisco champion interested in this uh, discussion, and I guess what I want to do is hear a little bit more from Sebastian and, and Patty, if we could, on uh, on VBrick. It is a new product for some of us, so we're just looking for an overview of, of VBrick, and if you can help us out with Rev. Uh, that's what I'm looking for today. Thank you.
0: Cool. Rob and Patty, we'll, uh, maybe you guys can give a quick intro and then take it from there.
4: Okay. I can go first. Um, my name is Petty, Petty Yan. I'm based in the UK. I'm the product marketing manager for uh, a Cisco Capture Transformer Share. This is our recording and streaming products portfolio. Um, I'm here today to give you an overview or anything you wanted to know on a high level. And also, we have my colleague, uh, Rob Morris, um, on the call. Rob, would you like to introduce yourself?
1: Thanks, Patty. Hi, everyone. This is Rob Morris. I'm a business development manager with Cisco. And I really focus on the technical relationship with vBrick that that Cisco has, as well as as kind of lead the uh, the technical sales aspects of, of all of Cisco's recording and streaming products.
0: Cool. And I think you guys, Patty, maybe you're going to kind of give an overview there. Um, and I know there's different levels of, of experience with VBrick for the members on the call. So maybe you can give us an overview.
4: Yeah, sure. Um, the solution we would like to talk to you today, um, we're focusing on, on the VBrick. And just a step back uh, slightly. Um, it's uh, Just wanted to tell you a bit more uh, about the um, how it came about and we wanted to um, offer our customers our very competitive offer in the video content portal market. So um, we partnership with uh, Webrick is our solution, uh, plus partner to deliver the whole solution. We have, um, with Webrick partnership, and the capture transform share. We have the Cisco um, content server, the TCS, you may know, is our capture and rev and DME from Webrick, is the only thing that are needed to complete the solution to enable us to enable customers for viewing and distributing video. They they do much more than that. We can go through in more details later. Webrick rev is our next gen video portal and it is an user application. Uh, it is available via the Partner Solution Plus program, and the customers can buy them uh, just like any other Cisco product, eligible from CCW. It is a cloud-native enterprise video portal. Uh, it, it, is, it is built um, from the ground up uh, to be a cloud-first model, um, so that uh, we can scale to any number of users. Uh, and yeah, It offers a cloud, virtual, on-prem and a hybrid deployment options, which is uh, we are all shaping today. As you know, Show and Share um, has a, a limited um, av- and a stability, availability, and, and it's based on authors, but Rife, um is much more than that. It's a user based model, uh so users can create content in Rev and they have offer large scale live events and um, with uh, mobile device support. And and they have a focus on the intelligent video distribution uh, that aligned with our collaboration and um, now and uh, the vision and the future. So yeah Enables organizations to securely, and very important, and efficiently deliver high-quality live and on-demand video to unlimited participants, to tens of thousands of viewers. And they can using corporate, um, you know, um, wide-area network and the internet. And um, one thing, thing, few things I want to call out is on the they got the mobile-friendly HTML5. Uh, responsive uh, design that you can resize uh, for smartphones and tablets and I like, to, uh, I'd like to, sorry Rob to uh, dig in a bit deeper about the new release maybe coming out later um, but uh, in general um, we um, also have a, a DME is a distributed media engine um, for integrated and uh, it's against very highly scalable compared anywhere in the market and streaming video webcast, and uh, also deliver centralized uh, video on demand delivery and management. And we just, uh, well, say we just a few months now, uh, released um, a few new uh, features on Rev. Um, You can, um, it's interoperable with, uh, I don't know whether you heard of Cisco um, Cloud uh, WebEx CMR, um, so they can import recorded uh, Webex uh, M4 files into REV uh, for secure and scalable sharing across the network. And also, it's interrupt with uh, our Spark uh, interoperability. Uh, we're going to announce that soon. So we just here a preview for you guys uh, for our cloud and on-prem customers. So basically, now we have one repository and through the TCS, Cisco TCS, and the the, the bridge from uh, telepresence endpoints, and now with the CMR uh, customers can add additional value to the recordings as well. So another um, big feature, and uh, we uh, continue working on that, and it's uh, brilliant, you really should see the demo at some point, is their enhanced um, webcasting broadcast um, q and a and moderate experience so um it's pretty cool really modern it's great look and feel uh so um please check it that out um that's it's quite pretty exciting uh, in the last feature they have uh, um give you a set of panel for example in the a uh, moderator can see have a good good really good oversight what uh, questions coming in. So like the event center, and then all the Q&A are tracked easily. And the moderators can see a Q&A in the real time. And and also, they can handle the flood of questions during the town hall meetings, for example, answer them directly, or push to the presenters. And I'm going to leave it more details now. So I came back to the higher level. And the new for the Spark users and then we can um, easily uh, share and uh, publish the uh, live video with other spark users uh, via newly integration new integration between spark and rive so um, the users in spark um, they can subscribe to uh, relevant rive video categories and receive and uh, share alert uh, of the new video coming out so it makes the video really pervasive um is there anything else you want to add, Rob, here? Um,
1: well, I, I think, you know, probably take some questions from people at some point. Yeah. But, you know, to, to, to really understand why Cisco is investing in these types of technologies, I think it's important to, to kind of understand that the use cases that, that we see for recorded and live streaming video inside the enterprise. Uh, I think it's become abundantly clear through our telepresence solutions that video is such a powerful way to communicate inside an organization. And what we really want to do with this Capture, Transform, Share solution is extend the reach to provide new use cases of how we can use video to, to communicate inside the enterprise. Uh, You know, while we're using WebEx right now, we could be on a telepresence meeting with with high-definition video. Uh, Instead of sending an email, we see people more and more wanting to get out those same types of messages in in the form of video. Whether it's for training purposes, we know that every organization is spending thousands of dollars per employee to to keep them up to date, to get them the latest information. We can really, you know. expand the, the use of those training sessions that are already happening if we can make it easy to record them and share it with people at a later point in time in a different part around the world. By the same token, we see people wanting to, to be able to communicate at scale. So if the CEO wants to have a live town hall event where every single person can participate in, in that kind of video broadcast, then then we want to have a solution that that allows everybody to receive that video in high quality while still being careful that that we don't overload the network and and doing things in intelligent ways to make sure that tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people can be receiving that high-definition broadcast across the enterprise network. Um, And then finally, you know, if you're anything like me, you probably have too many meetings on your calendar. You can't get to every single one of them. If we can make it really easy to record that meeting and give people access at a later point in time, then there's there's real value in in being able to to incorporate recorded and, and live streaming video into uh, the, the way that we encapsulate information and share it with other members of the organization. So, so when you think about capture, transform, share, it's it, it's really that. It's... You know, how do we provide these new use cases for video? Uh, but at the same time, we, we want to leverage the existing infrastructure, the, the high-quality video endpoints, investments in WebEx that the customers may already have, uh, new investments that, that people may be making into Spark for, for enterprise messaging. Being able to tie all of those things together, I, I think, is, is, is a very powerful Statement of of how we will communicate in the future
4: I think you're absolutely right there so basically yeah yeah together with capture some share the Cisco video collaboration will leverage all the existing endpoints the infrastructure and everything else so they can use drive for as you say town hall training knowledge sharing as well Maybe new hairboarding, all the different use cases, right? Like customer webinars and service enablement. So shall we take some questions or
2: Yes, um Sebastian here. Um one question, um though um you mentioned um, WebEx, uh T C S, telepresence content server and Spark. Um, so, can I all use all these applications for record my sessions and to publish it to the Webex solution?
1: The, sh- the short answer is yes. Uh, you know, we we see people wanting to to be able to record from a variety of sources, whether it's your telepresence endpoints recording on TCS. TCS can then automatically those pub- those those recordings into the the Rev video portal. If you click the little red button in WebEx to, to record like we are right now, if you have the uh, the, the cloud or Cisco meeting room version, the, the kind of latest version of Cisco WebEx, we can take that recording and automatically make it available just like any other recording inside the video portal. Uh, we're we're actually doing a lot of work with, with one of Cisco's latest acquisitions of Acono, uh, who are going to be bringing a recording solution to market to to make sure that that we can use that as as a source of recording Uh, and and of course we we have a really user friendly way to to take a recorded video that you have sitting on your desktop in virtually any format and and upload it to to the portal as well kind of like an enterprise youtube Uh, so I, i guess the short answer is yes absolutely you can you can record in webex you can record from telepresence, you can upload from from your desktop if you have another source of video we We want to take all of that content in.
4: It's an automatic workflow right from recording and streaming, so I don't need to worry about any of that just mag- magically showing up.
2: yeah, I know also the workflow from the old show and share solution though that was always helpful for all the different kinds of videos we created internally with the old solution. So, um, but you mentioned the video portal from Vbrick, Um, besides the standard portal from Vbrick, do we have any possibilities to integrate that Rev portal into other applications or portals?
1: Sure, sure, absolutely. I I think, uh, you you know, people viewing content like the the, the enterprise YouTube model, where where they browse, search for video, is, is certainly one use case that we see. But but we see people wanting to be able to take that content and, and put it into to other platforms. So so we make it really easy to to embed that video from Rev uh, using kind of the latest modern techniques. Uh, technology there is, is iframes, uh, same same thing that you'll see from from the commercial sites like YouTube and, and Vimeo. So that whether we want to put it into uh, your corporate intranets. Uh, an, an external web page for, for people to get information on a product We can easily drop that video into to pretty much any other web-based platform
2: Yeah, that's a real benefit though because <laughs> I know it just from many companies uh, how long, how important the topic Corporate design and corporate identity is though. Yeah, but it's a cool be- it's a real benefit to have these possibilities with the solution already included
1: yeah, I, th- I think you see, uh, you know, the, the beginning of, of some of our thoughts around how we want to, to use
2: this content in,
1: in other platforms with, with the integration that we just released with Cisco Spark. Uh, so it's there, we're, we're actually leveraging some of the the uh, Spark for Developer APIs that, that allow us to, to get some really nice ways of, of uh, putting content into Spark. So now we have a button where you can, with one click, share a video and, and watch that appear in one of your Spark Rooms shared with the, the, the members of that Spark team or Spark Room. But but certainly doing it with other platforms is, is possible as well.
2: Yeah, but the uh, example is...
3: Hey. Sorry, Brad? I was going to say, it's Brad here, and I'm just looking at some of the chat things, and and there's some... I guess questions. It's getting pretty crowded out there in the in the video market. Uh, like we've got you know Spark, Webex, uh, uh, Telepresence, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, I guess question to to Rob, what's the the wow component of uh, you know Rev and, and Vbrick that Cisco is interested in, and do you have any real world examples that uh, maybe you could share with us?
1: Sure, you know I I completely agree. It's it's hard to keep up uh, sometimes with with all of the latest products and, and all of the latest innovations that that Cisco is releasing. I think you know you, you've got to break it down into what are the use cases that that you want to solve for for any product, whether it's collaboration or other. When when you take a look at telepresence, you know this is that kind of full high definition video first experience where we want to have. A high quality telepresence meeting with one or, or many people. Uh, you know, WebEx is that the kind of cloud based um, model where whether we're communicating via audio, screen sharing, whether we want to incorporate video endpoints into that as well. It's, it's the, the kind of uh, collaboration platform for, for real time. Uh, Spark is a messaging platform where you know we want to have teams collaborating around an idea but more and more we see people wanting to do that kind of asynchronously meaning not sitting in a meeting all at the same time but bouncing ideas back and forth throughout the day. Now you know where you really see VBrick playing is is in yet yet another use case. Uh, You know when we have a meeting, whether it's in Spark, whether it's it's in a, a room in the office, we want to be able to record that. We want to be able to share that in the form of video uh, at, at a later point in time. Having that, that video portal and the integration into all of these other places where maybe we had the meeting is, is essential to, to generate some of the most valuable content. But but the, the the VBrick, the, the Capture, Transform, Share solution, is, is really all about uh, capturing the content, distributing that content, and, and giving uh, the, the use cases for live and on-demand video, where Telepresence, WebEx, Spark, all of these other things, their focus, at least from a video perspective, is in real time. Uh, so, so, you know, once you've had the meeting, how do you record it? What do you do with that video once it is recorded? Those, those are the answers that that V-Brick really seeks to to answer.
0: Hey Rob, maybe this is a noob question, but is that then where the DME comes into play with all the different formats that weren't previously available?
1: Yeah, good good question. So there's there's two different problems that that the DME is is trying to solve. First is is the one that you touched on. We have Android devices, Macs, PCs, tablets, smartphones, all of these different devices inside the enterprise, and, and we know that, that people want to use them to watch video. Uh, you know, from, from my consumer life, I, I know that I don't really care if I'm coming in from my Android tablet or my Windows 10 PC. I, I expect the YouTube video to play. So, so the DME has some of the, the, the most advanced streaming technology in the industry to make sure that we can deliver video to any of these devices so that the end user doesn't really have to think about it. They just know that when they click the video, it's going to play regardless of what device they're on. Now, that's, that's one aspect, but, but possibly even more important is when we start talking about delivering high-quality video inside the enterprise. Uh, you quickly hit limitations on how much bandwidth is available and how many users you're going to be able to to get that content out to before you break the network. So the second piece and and the distributed nature of the DME is this ability to to build what we call an enterprise content distribution network or ECDN. And the idea here is if you have 10,000 users who want to watch – a relatively medium quality one megabit per second live stream you can quickly reach 10 gigabits per second of bandwidth that you would need to support all 10,000 of those users. Now there are few networks in the world that could support all of those 10,000 users pulling a unicast stream to be able to watch that that video and you know by the way one megabit per second might get you to a, a 720p stream forget about 1080p, so you you ramp up the problem even more as as you want to get to to true high definition. The solution in building this this ECDN, Enterprise Content Distribution Network, is that we want to intelligently route the video across the network, we want to put the content as close to the end users as possible by placing multiple of these DMEs uh, at different points in the network, at different parts of, of the world, so that if a user from London, where I'm located, wants to watch that live stream, they'll pull that stream from the closest DME rather than going back to the source, which might be in California. The the user sitting in Singapore, by the same token, is going to pull that stream from the Singapore DME or the closest DME to them, not have to go all the way across the ocean. Um, You know, the, the benefit here is that not only are you Getting it from a closer source, which is going to be faster and, and more accurate, you're reducing the load on the wide area network. If all of the users from Singapore and London had to go back to the source in California, how much bandwidth is that going to take? Instead, we're sending a single stream from the source in California to the DME in London, a single stream to the DME in Singapore And now all of those users are are able to to pull the the video from the local area network where they sit. There's only that one single stream that needs to be supported on the wide area network. So so anytime you start talking about scaling, especially live streaming video inside the enterprise, uh, looking at some type of content distribution is absolutely essential. Uh, the, the DME is that solution for Cisco, and it, it's very tightly integrated into to the portal. So it's easy to deploy. It's easy to manage. You kind of get the, a single pane of glass to see not only what your video content looks like, but how it's being distributed to the end users.
4: I think um, one of the important things um, Rob um, touched on is the, that they're able to use the intelligent catching and uh, adaptive. Uh, Rate the streaming to ensure the video use least possible bandwidth, right? This is something quite highly intelligent uh, about it.
3: It's Brad here. Can you speak a bit about the security? Um, are things uh, encrypted? And how do you handle um, companies' firewalls, that type of thing? Okay, good question.
1: So, yeah, there there are a lot of different aspects of, of security that, that I think you, you need to, to take a look at. Um, my specialization before I became uh, obsessed with video was, was actually in security when, when I was working in New York for, for some of the financials. Um, you know, video content is just another form of a business document. Uh, in, in a legal sense, this, this is often the case. So, so having controls around who is able to access that content, uh, being able to audit who has accessed that content, and, and making sure that, that that information stays safe is is an absolute priority, just as it is for any other type of of information inside the enterprise. Uh, Rev is is built from the ground up to be an enterprise product, and, and you know what really makes it an enterprise video portal as opposed to a YouTube or Vimeo or all these other places where you could potentially stream videos from, is the fact that it's integrated with things like LDAP, Active Directory, SAML, T. O. based single sign-on. So the first thing you do before you're going to access any of that video content is you're going to authenticate. We're going to know who you are. Uh, The second thing is that you can define policies around who is going to be able to access video content and, perhaps most importantly, who is not going to be able to access video content. So when, when I upload a video, Uh, I can set, based on a list of users or groups from from Active Directory, who's going to have permissions to view that video. I could make it available to everyone inside my organization, or I could limit it to to a certain team, a certain list of directors, or or other need-to-know people, Uh, but I can also set that to what's called public, which means anybody would be able to see it. So if this is a video that we want to put on our corporate website, where you know we we don't want to authenticate people, we want it to be public. We can support both of those use cases in in the same platform. When it comes to encryption, uh, all of the videos in the cloud are stored on AES 256 encrypted storage. Uh, you know, so there's there's really Uh, quite an emphasis on on security in in terms of of how we keep that content and and how people are accessing it. When when we deliver the content across the internet, uh, we're actually integrating with some of Akamai's technology, which which uses uh, some sophisticated techniques like tokenization to to make sure that the person who clicked on that link is the same person that, that we're delivering that video to. So multiple layers of, of security of, of how we control access and confidentiality of, of that information.
2: One additional question regarding access um, of the videos, so regarding the groups and so on. Could I also define a special ca- uh, set of persons by my own without any LDAP groups or something like that because um, the cross-team um, ca- uh, cross work is getting more and more? So I, could I also decide to pick some guys from that team, from that team together um, to allow them to uh, watch my video?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so when, when you set the permissions on, on the video, there are a lot of different elements that, that you can use to, to make that policy. You can have a simple list of users, so I can say John and Max and Peter can, can watch the video. Uh, You can set up something called a team, which is really just a list of users, but maybe you want to to kind of reuse that list of users. So so you don't have to type out Max and John and Paul every single time. You can just say, I want to put in the uh, the, the security team that that I used for the last video. Of of course, all of those users are going to be pulled from Active Directory, so, so you don't have to kind of manually set up those accounts but but the user who's who's defining that policy can uh can can pick and choose or can use ldap groups or or uh named groups that have been set up by administrators
2: cool thanks uh one additional question you mentioned earlier the cloud approach you can use you um some minutes earlier, you mentioned the the possibilities of enterprise content networks with together with um, the DME. Um, could I also combine these approaches?
1: Yes, uh, this, this is an excellent point and, and something that, that's a real strength. Uh, to, to be honest, this is probably the, the number one reason why Cisco chose to partner with Vbrick to, to deliver these types of solutions. So when when you're taking a look at, you know, how do you actually deploy these systems, uh, you have a lot of flexibility. You can deploy it 100% in the cloud just as a service running from from the VBRIC cloud. You can deploy it entirely on-premise running on your own x86 servers. But, but I think what most people are tending to, to find as kind of the, uh, the, the sweet spot, the, the, the right way to do this, is, is what we call a cloud hybrid model, which is exactly what you just described. All the complexities of installing the application, maintaining the application, upgrading the application uh, is taken care of in the cloud but we can still connect it to that enterprise content distribution solution of multiple DMEs sitting inside the enterprise network. What that gives you is is kind of the best of both worlds. There's no difference from a uh, functionality user experience. All they know is that they're accessing a portal through their web browser, but intelligently behind the scenes, that cloud application is taking a look at where the users are coming from, redirecting them to the closest DME, so we're not actually streaming the video from the cloud, we're streaming it from the DME, which is as close as possible to that user.
2: Could I use also, uh, if in a hybrid solution, could I also use for a live webcast um, these moderator possibilities um, you mentioned earlier?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, so the uh, the, the moderator functionality is, is just something that that's built into the application. Uh, we can still integrate with LDAP Active Directory to to get the list of of all of your corporate users. We can assign some of them as question managers or, or moderators during the live event. So while you have hundreds, thousands, tens of thousands of users watching a live event, they can be asking questions much like you guys are. Uh, You you can have a team of of experts sitting there at the keyboard ready to respond to them in in a a very user-friendly manner. We also support kind of uh, a free-form chat so so people can be talking amongst themselves in in the audience. Uh, we, We also support the ability to push polling questions out to the audience. So a, a lot of good ways to kind of keep the the audience engaged and to to gain valuable insight on what they think, did they they get the message, and and was it valuable?
3: So do the Netflix people know about you guys or <laughs>
1: uh, Net, Netflix? I, I have no idea if, if they know who Vbrick is or not, but uh, you know th- these are really different markets. Um, you know, at, at the end of the day, the the commonality stops past the simple fact that that we're both streaming videos, right? Uh, and, and and really, the similarity stops for for any of these commercial streaming sites. We we call it enterprise YouTube because that that kind of puts the the, the right image in in people's minds. But there is no way that YouTube could support a live event to a company like Cisco. Uh, there is no way that, that they would be able to, to support the, the regulatory compliances that, that are required for, for a lot of business communication these days, and, and nor do they really want to, right? That's, that's not their market, and, and our market is, is not to compete with YouTube. Uh, a lot of similar technology in use between
3: those various solutions. Definitely, I, I can. I'm uh, work for a Cisco Learning Partners. I I can see a lot of, of value in this. The the big, uh, I guess, uh, trend du jour is digitization, and, and we've seen a lot of our customers are all moving to digitization. So, uh, you did mention, which was a good phrase, is that video is just another business document, which I thought uh, is very apropos.
1: Yeah, and, and you know, ed, education is, is actually one of the, the hot markets for us right now. Whether it's you know the, the shift to, to some of these uh, massively online course catalogs or uh, the, uh, the, the the trend for, for kind of flipped learning, uh, you know, education as much as anybody is trying to figure out how do we use recorded and streaming video to scale uh, our, our audience and, and the reach of our message. Uh, given that that video is the most effective way to to do it, so yeah, we we do see universities and and even K to twelve institutions investing in these types of technologies. Um, you know, one one of the most interesting things that, that that I always think is important, really important to to think about, is that your question about education and the question that was asked earlier about kind of how does this relate to WebEx and telepresence and Spark. The, the, the intersection of that is why Cisco is so well-positioned in education right now because we know that people in education want to use video conferencing, real-time video interaction to, to kind of bring people closer together. Uh, we, we see it all the time of, of people collaborating across countries in the education space. At the same time, we see them really wanting to to reach these new audiences across the internet uh, and inside their their own campuses at, at later points in time. And that's where recorded video comes into play. You put those two things together and you can put one of our lower cost video endpoints into a classroom. You can put a TCS in a central location and now every single one of those classrooms is not only a place where we can have video conferencing going on, but it's also this, this kind of broadcast and recording studio that can be used to, to capture those lectures, put them up on a, a website embedded mm-hmm. from, from the Vbrick video portal, and give them to them uh, to do a very, very large audience to consume uh, either real-time in, in a live streaming, but probably more likely you know, later on when people want it on demand. So so that that, that ability to, to use the same video endpoint in the classroom for multiple different uh, video use cases, I, I think is, is a great solution.
2: I think not only the video classrooms are a good solution. If I uh, think about how often I explain the same topic to some colleagues <laughs> to make a video recording, <laughs> Would be easier to put it on the platform and say, "Watch the video. Everything is exp- everything is explained there."
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, I mean, obviously, I'm I'm biased, but I I do the exact same thing, right? Uh, I I don't write white papers anymore. I record videos and I post them.
2: And the benefit is they can watch it independent from the time zone, and they don't have to call you. <laughs>
3: There they is only, a, sometimes a, they still do, so there, there is a, a question from Priscilla. Um I guess clarification of uh VBRIC's business relationship to Cisco.
4: Yes, a solution class partner.
3: Yeah, and, and, and what, what that
1: means is that you know we we kind of went out into the marketplace. We we knew that we wanted to add this type of, of functionality uh to to the Cisco portfolio. We knew that we wanted to integrate it with our existing. Telepresence, Webex, Spark platforms. Uh, we we took a look at just about everybody who, who does this this kind of enterprise video content solution. Uh, Viewbric was far and away the the best choice from scalability, from user interface, and and frankly from from a culture of, of wanting to work with Cisco. Uh, so we took them on what's what's called the Solutions Plus. Um, program that, that Cisco has for, for a number of products, it means that the VBRIC products are now on the Cisco price list. You can buy them just like any other Cisco product. Uh, they, they also get special access to other Cisco resources, uh, whether it's development, sales and marketing, all of these other things, so that so we can kind of present it as an extension of the the Cisco portfolio.
4: Yeah, absolutely, that's, that's correct. The way we choose this way is that we can leapfrog the competition, our internal development, quick to market, so it's the best choice.
3: A quick question about actually creating the videos is, do we need people that are converting from say white papers to doing video, what kind of end devices are you seeing people use? Is it something as simple as just their iPhone or their Android? Yeah, so, I mean,
1: if there's, there's no one right answer for that. I, I see people using uh, a desktop capture tool like Camtasia. I see people doing recordings in WebEx. I mean, my preferred method is to sit down in, in front of my DX80, share my screen so that it's simultaneously recording me in video, but it's also capturing the PowerPoint slides or, you know, even me walking through an application in, on, on my desktop, um, you know, other, other people will, will kind of want to go the whole nine yards and do, do the recording in different chunks and splice them together in iMovie before they upload it. Um, I, I think it's you know, a question of what people are comfortable with and <laughs> when, when it comes to editing, how much time they want to invest in it, but, but uh, all of them can be used. And that's, that's really the idea of the solution. We want to take that content from all
3: of these different sources if, if people want to use it to create video. That's good, so the content is actually protected and, uh, and secure, so if people have intellectual properties for there, then uh, this is a product.
1: Yeah, absolutely, right? Um, you know, YouTube has its place when you want it to be anonymously viewed by anyone. That is not the case for most information that's created inside the enterprise. So so having a platform that you control, who has access to, uh, is is very, very important when it it comes to to using video as a means of communication for an enterprise, for a business.
0: As an end user, I'm looking forward to the new DME capabilities with all the formats.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We are working with Cisco IT. They they should have it deployed internally by the end of next month. Oh, nice. Which, if if you know Cisco IT, is uh, a small miracle. Not not to put <laughs> on, on behind the bus, but now those, those guys have been very very quick at uh, stepping up to the challenge and, and replacing our, our existing older infrastructure with with this new stuff in a very short period
2: to Cisco IT any special integrations into existing Cisco tools with the implementation?
1: Uh, the, the only real customization that was done for the Cisco IT deployment was for migrating some content out of the, the older system. Uh, Cisco IT had 65,000 videos sitting in Cisco's older platform called Show and Share. Uh, so we did some. We, we we actually created tools which are now available to anyone to suck those videos out of the older platform and import them along with title and owner and search data and and all of this other stuff in, into Rev if if it was coming from something other than Show and Share. Uh, There might need to be a little bit of kind of professional services work done to to make sure that we can take those videos and the the surrounding metadata out of the other platform and and get it into Rev, but it's certainly possible to do that.
0: Cool. Anything else that anybody is dying to know at this moment in time? That's it for
3: me. I just wonder if anybody's uh, if you're going to have a presence at Cisco Live in Vegas?
4: Yes, we will. I will be there.
3: Yeah, there there you go. (laughs) We will definitely drop by then.
4: Great,
0: looking forward to seeing
4: you.
3: That would be great.
0: Awesome. Brad, thank you so much. Sebastian, thank you so much. Patty and Rob, thank you guys so much for all the insight and and all the great discussion today. This is another episode of Cisco Champion Radio. This is Season 3, Episode 11, and we will see you on the next episode.